What's up, Sunnyside? It has been a while since we've been together in person, which means it's been a while since we've talked about that thing that we've had for the last two years, our building. Uh, so construction is happening. There's exciting things happening. This is what the lobby looked like last time we were together. And this is what it looks like now. Insulation is up, framing is up, shingles are up on top. There's foundation at the bottom. There's fun things that are happening. It's exciting. Uh, there's also cool stuff happening underground that's really boring. That's why we don't have pictures of it. Uh, but all of it is pushing uh, us toward move-in day. That's going to be excellent. That's going to be awesome. And hopefully that's going to happen around the time that these shelter-in-place restrictions are lifted. I've got no guarantees. That's why I'm not saying anything because, heck, we learned that lesson last year. Uh, but now moving forward, stuff's exciting and and we want to keep praying that we're moving in when the shelter-in-place restrictions are lift, lifted. So a few things we can pray about. First off is that 6175, that is going to be a home for lost people in Southeast Fresno. We want them to know that there's a God who loves them and a church that wants to introduce them to that God. Regardless of what they think about God right now, we want people to meet Jesus there at the building. Second thing is we want construction to be fast and efficient up to this point and safe. Fast, efficient, safe. That's what we've been praying about. We also want God to come through and God to fund this uh, because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the hills as well, and God can pay all of our bills. And and the last thing we're going to pray about is that Tim and Greg gets haircuts before we move in because shelter in place has been rough on everyone who has to look at them uh, and their ever-expanding hair. Me, not my problem, uh, but that's a really cool thing for us to be praying for building-wise and also if you live with Tim and Greg, you'd love for them to get haircuts too. Uh, but today is Mother's Day. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful uh, for Anna, for the work that she does as the mom to our three amazing kids. Uh, and you're probably sitting here with some attitude towards your mom, whether it's uh, an attitude of joy and of gratitude, an attitude of remembering as your mom is with Jesus now, or an attitude where, man, that's a hole in your heart where you want Jesus to work and Jesus to mend. Uh, and today we're going to look at a story of a woman from the Bible uh, who has an interaction with Jesus. And it's a good person. It's not like one of those where Jesus goes to the dregs of society and pulls somebody up. Like this is a good person. And in the midst of this person's life and in the midst of everything that she does, Jesus has good things for her. And so if you're a mom, today's for you. If you're not a mom, there's still, some, there's still so many things in here that we can look at and that we can pull from, and we can see Jesus speaking to our life just as he speaks to this person's life in the Bible. And the person we're talking about is a lady named Martha. We're going to jump into her life at Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38. And the first thing we're going to see about Martha is that Martha is an all-star. Like again, like I said, she's not the person on the bottom of society and Jesus kind of picks her up. She has got a lot of stuff going for her. We read in Luke 10, 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Like right there, we see some things about Martha. First, we see that she's a homeowner, which means that she's already conquered some big things in her life. This means that she was a widow. Because typically in that day, women didn't own property. Nobody would look at Martha and say, you own this house if there's a man involved, which means that there's probably not a man involved. That man was previously involved, and now he's dead, and she's a widow. And on top of that, balancing that and the struggles and the pain with that, she is about to house 13 surprise guests. Like people just randomly show up at her house. 
Because Jesus shows up with 12 disciples. Jesus plus 12, that's 13. And Martha is able to welcome them into her home. Like I think about all the crazy restrictions and everything that's in place right now that makes our homes, schools, and places of business while being in a home. Like Martha is with this. Martha would be able to handle this because she can handle 13 surprise guests in her home. What we see also about Martha is that Martha is the type of person where she's in charge of everything. Like we're going to look at this in the story that we're about to read. Martha looks at everything that's going on, all the hustle and bustle and all the craziness of meal prep and hospitality and everything, and Martha has a plan. The thing is, is that when Jesus walks into the room, for all of us, Jesus suddenly becomes the most important person in the room. We're no longer in charge. That's what it is for us to be a Christian is that we step off the throne of our own life. We step out of the place of running things in our own life because Jesus is there. And for us who are Christians, it means that everything for the rest of our life is now saying, okay, God, you can take this. I'm putting you in charge of my finances. I'm putting you in charge of my kids and the direction that they're going to go. I'm putting you in charge of my relationships and my business and my career and my dreams and my aspirations. I'm putting you in charge of these things. And if you're a Christian, you know that that's true. And if you're not a Christian, that could be the thing that keeps you from becoming a Christian. It's because you say, I'm not going to entrust my life and my finances and my career and my relationships and my kids and all that stuff. I'm not going to entrust these things to somebody that I don't know. Or you look at it in a different way. And you say that you've been victimized or you've been hurt by people who say that they're followers of Jesus. But that's not the way that they've related to you. And so this idea of Jesus being in charge of everything, it's, it's a big deal in your life. It's, it's a stumbling block. You're not interested in following someone you don't know or you're not interested in living the type of life that has been lived against you. But Martha is someone who realizes, man, I want to be in charge. I'm a manager. I want to see things happen. But with Jesus, it doesn't work out that way. And what Jesus does is he works in through the areas of Martha's life where she wants to be in charge. So we see that Martha is an all-star. Martha wants to be in charge. Martha is also someone who works hard. Verse 39, Martha welcomes Jesus into her home, and Martha's sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So Martha is doing all these things to prepare a meal, to prepare rooms, and, and Jesus is sitting there. He's teaching, and who, Martha's biggest help, her sister, is just sitting there at Jesus' feet listening to her. Like Martha has to deal with a lot of difficult things. For all of us right now, that's where we are. We're, we're dealing with life as it used to be in February where we would go to work or where we would send our kids to school or where we could have people over into our homes and have relationships that were closer than six feet. And now we're in the midst of navigating difficult things. And that's where Martha is. She's surprise hosting 13 guests and we look at that and we say, okay, 13 guests for one night, that's not exactly as bad as shelter in place with a six-year-old for the last seven weeks. But regardless, both of these are difficult things. And what we're going to see in this story in a little bit is that Jesus has a unique viewpoint into our difficult things. Martha worked hard. And Martha also did it all with no support. But Martha was distracted. This is verse 40. Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. And so she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Like Martha's doing it all with no support. She's got 13 surprise guests and now she has to deal with difficult people. 
Uh, there's difficult tasks, which all of us are figuring out. If you're a mom, you know that this is totally true because you've got your kids in your house if they still live with you. And instead of sending them to school, school has come to them. And that's a big deal. I think of my wife, Anna. She works, her business works from home, and now her office space, which is usually quiet during the week and peaceful and all that stuff, was invaded by three kids and then me. Like, this is difficult stuff. And Martha's in the middle of dealing with difficult people. I think of Anna. And one of the things about her, that's my wife, uh, is she, she hates food noise. If someone's chewing too close to her, like, it, it gets in her head and it just drives her crazy. But you think, okay, that's no big deal. Just don't be around people who eat. I eat all the time. So she's laying in bed, like nice, relaxing. We're watching shows on the laptop. And what's next to her is crunch, crunch, crunch. It's me because I'm always eating. She learns how to deal with difficult people. And that's something that all of us can identify with as we're going through life, as we're dealing with this. Whether it's the person who resists every choice that you make and everything you want to do uh, as a parent to help them grow up and not look like a crazy person by the way that they dress. Or it's the person who's always eating in bed next to you and getting that chomping sound into your head. Martha's in the middle of dealing with a difficult person. And she's running all this. She's being an all-star. She's being a manager. She's dealing with a difficult task. And she's doing it with no support. And so Martha's at the end of her rope. And what Jesus does is he loves Martha in the middle of her mess. Jesus loves Martha in the middle of her mess. You know, I don't know where you, what's going on in your head and your heart as you watch this today. But whatever mess you find yourself in the middle of, Jesus' love is there with you. He's the God who chases us down. He's the God who speaks to us and brings light into our darkness, brings order to our chaos, brings his hope and his help into our mess. And so Martha goes to Jesus. She says, hey, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus steps into her mess. Verse 40, it says, but the, 41, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, The Lord, Luke here, the guy who's writing, he's recognizing Jesus as God, which means that the way that God looks at Martha is the same way that Jesus looks at Martha. And the things that Jesus says to her is reflective of the way that God looks at Martha, but also looks at you and me. And Jesus knows everything about Martha, and he loves her anyway. Jesus knows everything about Martha, and he loves her anyway. This is Martha who looks at her chaotic, crazy household, looks at the Son of God who's there teaching, and looks at her sister who's not helping, but instead just sitting at God's feet, worshiping. You know what Martha says? Is that girl should get up from worshiping and come help me. Okay, I don't know everything that's going on. I wasn't there. I'm not that old. But I think that's sin, all right? Telling somebody to stop worshiping God and go make food. Like those two things aren't equal and I love food. But worshiping God is more important. So what did Martha just do? She just told somebody to stop worshiping God. If there's anyone who could just turn her into a pile of ashes in an instant, it's Jesus. But he doesn't do that. Jesus knows everything about Martha. He loves her anyways. And he doesn't give up on her. His words to her aren't somebody who's exasperated and frustrated and just so mad that he's preventing somebody, that she's preventing somebody from worshiping God. He speaks to her with love. He doesn't give up on her. He doesn't give up on her. 
Martha just failed publicly. She let herself down. She let Jesus down, the guest in her home. And she's sinning against him. And Jesus isn't mad. Instead, Jesus continues to walk toward her heart by the words that he says, by the way that he blesses her. He doesn't give up on her. What he does is he recognizes her hard work. Jesus recognizes her hard work. He doesn't recognize the fact that, he, that Martha is telling somebody, stop worshiping God, or at least stop for this little bit. He walks toward her, and he realizes what's going on in her heart. He recognizes her hard work. Jesus says, you are worried and upset over all these details. He's validating her hard work. He's not condemning it. He's validating it. You know, as we sit here this morning, some of us are exhausted after making this new reality, trying to work and forcing it to work in our life. And today, as you sit here, as you stand here, listen to us as you're going through life, whatever's going on, what you need to hear right now is that Jesus sees you. And I think this, this verse is a great explanation of that. Is Martha doing the most important thing in the world in worshiping Jesus? No. She's going through her life doing what she sees needs to be done. And what Jesus does is Jesus validates that. He recognizes her hard work. If you're here and thinking that, that, man, your life is lost in the mess right now, Jesus sees you. You're not lost to him. In fact, you have been seen more throughout your life than you ever could imagine. In fact, God had a plan for you before he even created the world. And that was a plan that's birthed in love, that begins in love, that's rooted in love. That God came into the world, that God created the world because God loves people. And within that love, there's an understanding and an accuracy to that love, knowing that each and every one of us are sinners. That there are things inside of our lives that even though we are loved by God, we choose to chase after things that aren't God. And what that does is that creates sin in our lives as we devote ourselves, as we work hard toward things that are not from God. It creates distance between us and God, creates distance within us and ourselves and distance between us and other people. You know, that happened to Martha. She's so angry at her sister. There's bitterness within her heart toward her sister. That's sin, and for us, we've got our different sins. But all of us, for, what, for all of us with our sin, it pushes us away from God. And what Jesus came to do, that was so foundational. That was such, a, such an example of, I see you, and I know exactly what's going on in your life, and I want to draw you to me, is that Jesus took on human skin. Jesus came into the world as God with skin on to pay the penalty for all of our sin to give up his perfect life for our completely imperfect, sinful lives so that we can have a relationship with God through Jesus. It's God's way of saying, I see you, but not only do I see you in your hard work, not only do I see you in your toil and trying to make sense of what's going on, but I see you and I wanna draw you in relationship to myself. You're not just about your work. You're not just about what you can create or what you can manage. You are, as you sit here now, seen by God, a soul that God cares about. You have an identity that God cares about, that God created. You have a personhood that is owned by God and drawn into relationship with God. And that's the kicker to the end of the story. 
That's the way that this becomes good news. That's the way that this gives us hope. It's not just a story about a lazy a lady learn, losing her mind because her sister isn't being helpful. It's a story about somebody being drawn from work into relationship. Because Jesus invites Martha and he invites us into a relationship, not just work. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. This is Jesus talking. This is Martha. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. He's talking about that relationship. He's talking about the fact that God came for Martha on a mission of love, knowing that Martha's sin has separated her from God, just like my sin and your sin has separated us from God. And Jesus came to give his life on the cross to end that separation and bring us into a relationship with God. I want to say, if today you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with God, I want you to text the number at the bottom of the screen. Just say your name and say, I want to begin a relationship with God. Somebody's going to call you today. They'll pray with you and they'll lead you through giving your life to Jesus and it'll be the best decision you could ever make. For the rest of us, we need to step into this today, that our relationship with God is not based on work. It's based on relationship. Stuff needed to happen when Jesus and 12 followers showed up at Martha's house completely unannounced, but that wasn't Jesus's biggest deal in being there. It's because there were women and men in that room with whom Jesus wants relationship. And so as we sit here on Mother's Day and read this, a day to celebrate uh, moms, hardworking people, loving people, people who get tired physically and people who get tired emotionally. I asked Anna, okay, what needs to be said here today that's going to touch women's hearts and going to touch the rest of our hearts? And what she said is, is sometimes it's okay not to work and that we're doing life wrong if we're working all the time. Whether it's because there's things out there that we want to get or whether it's just the guilt of, man, I should be doing this. I should be working harder at this. I should be this. No, Jesus today wants to tell you that he wants a relationship with you, not just a work report. He wants a relationship with you. The first way that we push people toward that and encourage people toward that and help people toward that at Mountain View is shape. And that's not about work. It's about relationship. It's about us sitting at the foot of Jesus and say, okay, God, what do you want to teach me today? Where do you want to bring relief and light into my heart today? If you already do shape and you haven't done it yet today, pause the video and do it right now. Go to God and say, okay, God, what do you want to say to me this morning? Where do you want to speak to me today? If you've got no clue what shape is, again, the number's on the bottom of the screen, just text your name and shape, and somebody will call you and walk you through what it is. They'll teach you. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great way to spend your day. And on top of that, we can't give what we don't have. I mean, if you're like me and you want to be a godly influence in your house, that means there's, there's got to be something that's coming in so that we can push things out, so we can lead our families well, so we can lead outside of our house well, so we can lead well at work. We've got to have a point where we're receiving. That work goes for moms, that goes for the rest of us, to put ourselves in a place where we can receive. And you know, if you're, a, if you're not a mom, but you live with one today, today's your day to, to step up, 
This is your season to step up, to take more on your plate. Because it's not effective just to say, hey, it's Mother's Day, take the day off, you don't have to do anything, and then you don't actually do anything to like make up for her rest. Like that's not effective. That just means Monday with more stuff to clean and more stuff to do. This is our day to look and say, okay, if it's not for me, I'm gonna make sure that everyone else around me can rest. I'm gonna look and see what needs to be done. When there's a sink that's piled up higher than dishes than what you can see, it's probably time to start washing stuff. But it's our opportunity to step in to bless mothers in our lives and to bless whoever else is around us. It's not about our work, but our work is how we display love for God and love for others. And this is something that Jesus wants to push us in, that Jesus wants to work in us. So again, to text at the bottom of the screen, if you don't know how to do shape and you want somebody to explain it, text your name and shape, and we would love to call you and lead you through that. And if you don't know Jesus, today's your day to begin that relationship with him. He loves you, he came for you, and he wants to bring rest to your soul where you need it. Again, text your name uh, and say, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you came for us. I thank you that today is a day uh, where we get to celebrate the way that you provide for us in so many different ways. And God, you know our situation around being a mom or our situation about relating to our moms. Uh, And Jesus, I pray that you use that whatever's going in our heart to bring you glory. And God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the way uh, that you Uh, bring light to us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.